rapidly shifting. Jobs, people moving out of the big cities, the way people consume content, consumers buying habits, folks looking for jobs or getting laid off of them. We also see a new energy flowing into people as they pursue new passions and leave their nine to five jobs. Thousands of people selling face masks on Etsy, developing their own delivery apps. For those fortunate enough, a new generation of small business owners is being born and personal brands will thrive in the years to come. Now, more than ever, people want to work for themselves and be their own boss. But how do you differentiate yourself in a sea full of algorithms and online stores competing for our attention? Or how about if you can't afford paying a big-time marketing company to help you be seen and have zero clue how to go about it? Well, good news. Lucy Warren is our very special guest today, who is an actual expert. No, really. It's like a close industry friend who gave you the play-by-play rule book to everything you need to become your own personal media agency. She's talented, raw, detailed, and very blunt. Lucy believes you can do your own publicity without spending a fortune on big press agency. She loves helping people, which led her to her release of the wildly successful book she calls Hype Yourself, available in many big bookstores like Barnes & Noble and Apple Books. Please give a warm welcome to the colorful and insightful Lucy Warren. Welcome, Lucy. <laughs> Thanks for having me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to the Conscious Kitchen. We're super thankful for you to be on here and your energy today. So welcome. Yeah, we're super excited to have you on. Our first guest from the UK. So welcome. It's it's great. It's great to be here sharing PR and business tips with you. We strive to give our listeners resources and in all aspects. So the business tips that we're about to share from you, the real specialists, are super important. Well, I will endeavor to do my best to help your listeners out today. Yeah. All right. Cool, Lucy. So um, I'm just going to go right into it. Um, your yeah. book, Hype Yourself, is so detailed and helpful for anyone who is starting a personal brand or a small business. Um, how long did it take you to write it and what drove you to put it into the market? And like, just or quickly tell us about your journey. Um, so I think I'd been running my own agency for a few years and... I was increasingly meeting more and more small business owners and independent um, indie owners. And I just thought they still don't really understand what the basics of PR is, right? So most people come to me and say, how do I get press coverage? That's like, that's definitely the most popular thing. But actually, when I work with anybody, I bring like the big agency training I had, which is you always start off with your business objectives. Like, are you trying to get sales? Mm-hmm. Are you trying to get stocked in a retailer? Are you trying to get distribution? Are you trying to attract talent for your business? And then yeah. what you do for your publicity should be tweaked according to that. So I kind of wrote the book that I wanted to, that I wanted to write. It wasn't what people were asking me for. Um, I wanted it to have a lot of strategy and a lot of toolkit before it really got into the bit that I felt was the bit that everybody actually wanted. Yeah, um, yeah. So that and the fact that when I was Googling PR books, most of them were written by men who were like journalists turned PRs. Yeah. And um, 
in the UK, there's like a, a governing body for PR called the PRCA. And I think they've audited that it's over two thirds of female dominated industry. But all the books to do with PR and Amazon were men. So I was like, yeah, wow. I got to do something about this. So That's yes. badass. That's super badass. <laughs> so that was yeah. that. And then I, I did a 10-day book proposal writing challenge um, with a lady called Alison Jones, who's actually now my publisher. At the end of that challenge, you're armed with the, if you're going to write any kind of book, uh, business or fiction, nonfiction, whatever it is you want to do, you have to have a proposal either to get an agent or to get a publisher to get an idea of what your book's going to be about and maybe some sample chapters. And at the end of that 10 days, I won a book deal and I just happened to be pivoting into the second trimester of my pregnancy. So I wow. had an enforced deadline of six months to get the first draft of my manuscript written, which wow. I which I did. <laughs> <laughs> wow. um, but actually, and to be very, very truthful, um, mm-hmm. two days after I got my book deal, my partner was made redundant from his kind of global creative director role and was on six months gardening leave. So I don't, do you have gardening wow. leave there where they basically, no. gardening no, leave over that? here means um, you're paid to be in your garden, i.e. they don't want you to be working for the competitors, but they consider the information in the office too sensitive for you to know. So he is essentially being paid to do nothing. So I was wow. like, hello, you shall be head child caretaker for a while. <laughs> and the days where I was normally um, looking after child became my book writing days. So I suddenly got an extra day two days a week to write um Amazing. but I also started to like hang out with friends more and do a bit of socializing and stuff as well because I was yeah. like quick freedom before the second one comes right that's cool I mean shit there's nothing women can't do huh mm-hmm. really? write a book and be pregnant and do wow. all those amazing things we got to get done so right? and so you ke- and you kept writing right through having a newborn yeah, so um, wow. the first draft, I think, was handed in and then you, it goes to a development editor and then it comes back and they, you have to whip it into shape and then you send it back again and then they strip out. Um, I think I was like 22,000 words over or something insane. So we stripped out a lot. I was also reading right. a lot of Sarah Knight at the time, so there was a lot of swearing in there. But, but uh-huh. my my author, my um, publisher was like, you need your author's tone of voice. And I do think this is actually quite relatable to business as a PR tip. You want like to be having the same sort of tone of voice of other brands or businesses that you like. So I was reading a lot of her stuff, and there were so many oh. F-bombs in my book that my publisher was like, yeah, you're no nonsense, but we can't have you being... They're very British. They're very British. And so they were like, yeah, yeah the, the swearing's got to go. Um, so, so that all got stripped out. And then after the baby was born, I remember I had about 50 different experts between journalists or small business examples or um, entrepreneurs who'd quoted something. And so I had this spreadsheet, of the 50 people that I had to contact to say, OK, this is your quote. This is where it sat in the book. Are you happy for it? Um, wow. So, yeah, it's, it, it, by the end, I hated it. Um, because it right. was just the nitty gritty stuff and somebody going, oh no, actually, can I, you change this one sentence? And then you send all the changes off to the publisher and then you're checking when it comes back that they've all been made. Yeah. So, yeah it's well, uh, I mean, congratulations. I'm sure it took like so much willpower to finish it and critique, but I mean, I've, I got into the third chapter of it. Um, and it was very super insightful, super, super insightful. And yeah, there was nothing like that out in the market, right? So that's awesome. You filled the niche that was missing. So. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> yeah. And so how long has your journey been 
probably from when you started PR to now, like how long has been, how many years? Are you asking me how old I am? <laughs> no, no, no. So we like, can hold, we I, can keep that when secret. When I was 17, I did work <laughs> okay. experience for a PR okay. agency for like, I was meant to be wow. there for two weeks. I stayed on for the entire summer, then um, went back to school, got my degree, um, and then basically I've been working in publicity in kind of sometimes a bit of marketing and new business roles, but predominantly PR for the last uh, 16 years. And then I've had my own wow. agency for the last five. And that's really changed as well as what... Uh, of course. Changed with my ambitions and changed with what I want to give to the market and also two children. You know, I'll throw that into the mix. That that does shake things mm-hmm. up a little bit as well. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think you, for, any, for any person in the industry, I think 16 years is a, a perfect amount of seasoned years to say that you're an expert, really. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, especially doing this since you were seventeen. Like, wow, was that an internship, or how did you get into it so young? Uh, so when in like school over here, typically, like when you're normally like in what they call the GCSE years, it's like when you're like fourteen, fifteen, fifteen, sixteen, you have to do um, a placement, and again in your A levels. And my brother was working in London at the time, and he did somebody an IT favor. And said to them, oh, you know, can you take my sister? She's like 17. Can you take her for two weeks? So they were like, yeah, sure. And it happened to be an online music PR company. And I was like, so cool. whoa. Like There were people in trainers. People were smoking on the roof. They were smoking interesting things on the roof. I like, literally was like, how does this even exist like the only thing I'd considered before them was that they were like city bankers and my dad who was a builder and that was kind of like I was like you're either in trade or you're in a suit like this whole Mm. media landscape was just I was like trainers in the office (laughs) (laughs) it just blew my mind that there was this kind of creative space I just didn't know anything about before wow that's amazing I love how you you remember those deep, small details too, <laughs> the trainers. Um, all right, cool. So thank you for sharing that. All right. Um, but in the chapter in your book, right, um, Mastering Your Media Kit, that's super important for anyone to have, I guess. Um, you mentioned that you, if you can't, if you someone can't summarize what they do, you think they're boring. What's the importance of the one-liner and how do you scri- describe what your business is doing in one, ten- in one sentence? What's the magic sauce? I think it's it's almost thinking about like when you when we used to be able to go out pre-pandemic and you'd meet somebody and they talk yeah. to you like you want there to be enough space for you to ask more about what it is that they do. So when you meet those people in the street who are like, oh, yeah, and I do this and I do that. And you're thinking you've not even asked me a single question about myself yet. And you're just wanging on about every element of your business. Um, Mm -hmm. so for me, it's having that sentence to be able to be like an umbrella of all of the stuff you do. Right. So you're describing me as a PR expert, but actually there's so much that I do in my business, but you're not going to sit there and roll call me to be like, well, she does online courses and she just works and she's written a book and she, you know, people, if they have an interest in PR and they want to work with me, they're going to ask a bit more like, well, what do you do? How do you work with people? So it's just finding that that space to to get people to be able to ask you a question. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Awesome. Mm-hmm. So definitely have that in your media kit. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's also, it's just being prepared, right? So as soon as somebody asks you to be on a podcast or speak at an event, the first thing they're going to ask you for is a photo of yourself and a bio. So you need to have that mm-hmm 
on hand where possible. If you've got it on your website, even better, because then you can just direct them to URL, saves you a job, just make sure you're keeping it updated. Um, I think a quite British trait is that people really lack in confidence when it comes to talking about themselves. I've not noticed that as an issue as much with the Americans that I've worked with. Oh, no, we with. love talking about ourselves. Like, know, they really. will literally want to room and be like, so... <laughs> Um, and kind of, they will kind of open up this revolving scroll that p- tumbles down right, of all the information. Right. Um, and I think there's a risk either side, you know, because too much information, like we're saying, can get a bit boring. But it also shows a lack of confidence. Like when we're super mm. confident, you don't need to tell everybody everything about yourself. You can just give space. And I think in a British way, people don't know what the most important message is. So they almost say, oh, and I do this and I oh, and I also do that. And I, and I can also do this if you need to, but it's not my primary thing. Um, so right. it's actually just, you know, cut it, cut it, cut it, cut it. We're all busy, we're saturated with information. Just have the simples there. And I also think it's an opportunity to give a pinch of your personality in there as well. So, right, yes, you know, something a bit quirky or something that relates to what you do as a job. It's quite fun. It makes you stand out. I love that. Okay, guys. So definitely master your one-liner. Have your yes. bio and a picture, a pro, like your the nice like side profile picture or the frontal picture in your web page. Make it easy for you to grab that. And also add a little spark or a little personality into your bio. Awesome. Into your bio like online or how, or through email or however you may be sending that as well. Yeah, yeah, because because like the the one liner now it's it's a bit different just because we're not meeting people as much, right? We're not we're not seeing that having that face to face. So how how can someone? I guess like you said, just putting it in the, on your website, or what about if you're just emailing someone? Maybe you know, just kind of like cold calling, trying to connect with them via like email. What would be the best way to market yourself or or present yourself in that tone? So. Let's, I guess there's, it's a, there's a big answer to that question. Um, it's a big question, I guess. When you're selling your services or your product, there might be something you're pushing more than something else. So on LinkedIn, for example, I'm more keen for people to know that I'm an author and I do speaking because I use LinkedIn to get more paid for speaking opportunities. And that's the sort of work where I might get paid to talk at a university or do a keynote speech. So I kind of highlight that more on LinkedIn. On my Instagram, it's much more, hey, like soft, soft fun, small business tips, advice. I got a book. It's a bit fluffier because my audience there is a bit fluffier. They're only going to be there for sort of the low end products. And I've definitely found that when you're intentional about the connections you're making and what that goal is, that's going to help attract the people to you as well. So to your point in this situation, instead of thinking about what can I be doing to cold calling, it's also thinking, how can I attract those people? Like, what am I putting out into the universe that's going to make them come to me? And I'll give you an example. I really want to do a TEDx talk. So about six months ago, I went on LinkedIn and I started connecting with anybody that had TEDx curator in their title. Um, I didn't care if they accepted me or not. I didn't introduce myself to them. I did nothing. The ones that didn't accept my connection, I just followed them. And then any time I had a speaking opportunity or or it was a flashback to a year ago, I was talking about my speaking work on there. This week, I got a message on Monday morning from a TEDx curator going, hi, I see that you do speaking opportunities. Would you be interested in having a conversation? Oh, so it's like putting it out there, you know? 
Having intention, yes. And I love that how you speak on like be sensitive to whatever platform is engaged by what type of media. That's so important. I've never heard that before. So, and me and Liz do a lot of marketing and things like that. So that's key. So thank you for Mm -hmm. that. And I love how you low-key stalk them. (laughs) Stalking is so important. I feel like we need to coin a new term for stalking in the marketing capacity because it's not like, what's that TV show that was on Netflix? It's not like that guy following that girl around um I can't remember I'm sure you had it over there but basically there is like a professional way that I do it and I do do it with intent so I'm I've just hit over 10,000 followers on Instagram and there's a few small businesses that I would recommend to my audience that I'm slowly starting to follow the partnerships managers and things like that because I'm not pitching to them yet I'm not ready but I want to get under on their radar and I also mm-hmm. think, again, this is something that the Brits really suffer with. It might not be so much the US people. They're not very good at specifically asking for what the help is. So then people don't know how to help you or connect them to your audience. So today I had a friend who just did nothing else but a grid post on their Instagram to say, friends and family I'm looking to do more voiceover work. Does anybody know anyone that works in that space or is a voiceover agent? Can anyone help? And it was so specific that we could all instantly go, oh, yeah, I know someone in this network. Or I shared it on my stories and somebody on my feed was like, oh, yeah, actually, Mm -hmm. my housemate's a voiceover agent. I'm going to go tag her in his post. Mm -hmm. And it's like sometimes, you know, rather than trying to trawl through LinkedIn or trying to trawl through like your, I mean, we used to like joke about the Rolodex or the Filofax or whatever it is, your old address. Yeah, yeah. Just put it out there. Um, yeah. And you know, to be sensitive to the times right now, it's, I think I've seen a lot of small businesses who've quite honestly pitched to the press and said, hey, do you know what? I make this product and my business is really struggling. If you're doing any roundups on this product, that would be, it would be great for me right now. And I think the media is really sensitive to what small business owners are going through. And mm-hmm. you can turn that to your advantage too. So I've seen people talking about slipping through the government um, tracks. Probably, I mean, I've seen it more in the UK because that's the media I'm consuming, but I'm sure it's the same in the US that not every, there's a lot of people, especially self-employed, where you're just falling straight down the middle and there's not that support there. And they right. used it to be able to then say, so I'm doing a crowdfunder or I'm you know doing this or I'm doing this in my community instead and getting your your audience behind you. So that that asking and being specific, is, I think it's also having that confidence to just say, yeah, you know, it's not always about being positive and upbeat. If you need help, like ask, ask. People want to help. You just have to show yes. them what it is you need help with. Yeah, using your yes. voice, right? And using what you have at the moment. Yes. Awesome. Yeah, that's awesome tip. To go back to what you were mentioning about social connecting, right? Finding people that are like either working for the brand or their businesses. I was very keen in doing that when I was having my streetwear brand for 13 years. I was very keen on like direct messaging people for product product gifting and things like that. So a lot of things go out, go down on the DM also, right? So like, right? Is that where it all mm-hmm. happens in the DMs? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> and I think what I teach in the book is... um not to use spray and pray. Spray and pray is what I call you spray Mm. out your information and then you pray that one person takes it. And I think whether you are trying to apply for a job, you're trying to make a contact on LinkedIn, or you're trying to pitch to press, it's exactly the same thing. Just pick five, 
really research it, really look into it. You know, I've been sent in my time speculative CVs from people um, where I can see that my name is being cut and paste and, and the name of the agency might be spelt mm-hmm. wrong. And actually what they think my agency does is nothing to do with what they're pitching for. Whereas I remember once um, somebody pitched to me and said, um, you know what, I've just seen an interview you did. I looked you up. I've seen that you work with these brands. I actually have experience in this, but I think my skills are transferable. She had no experience related to any of the work that I did. She was the best hire I ever made. And it was it Amazing. was because of that tailored pitch. But I was like, yeah. if you're going to take that much care and attention, then I know you're going to be a good hire. Um, mm-hmm. So it's the same like when we're pitching our businesses to the press. It's not about trying to get everybody to write about you. They don't, it's not a fav- they're not, they don't owe you a favor to write about your business or what you're doing. You're mm-hmm. trying to do the favor for them. So you need to be selling to them exactly why you're the right fit. Yes, it's quality over quantity. 100%. Yeah, that's great. Um, speaking of LinkedIn or apps or anything like that, um, so all the brands and apps are kind of fighting for our attention at the moment, right? Um, what apps should businesses focus on or small businesses should focus on at this moment? Yeah, you know, I really thought about this one. I was trying to think about the apps that I use. So I'm just going to stick with the apps that I use rather than, I was yeah. going to be like, oh, I'm going to go off really creative and try and find some like really innovative and disruptive stuff. And I was like, Do you know what? I'm just going to go with what I use. So the main <laughs> app that I use at the moment is called Otter, which is a transcription tool. So if, for example, I was being more efficient, I would be ottering this entire conversation and then afterwards it would transcribe it and I could take any key quotes from that and recycle the material into a blog post or into topics. So many people are moving online or doing online workshops. So it's Mm -hmm. a great way to recycle the content you're doing there. Or equally, we're going to workshops that maybe aren't recorded. So they're just live. So sometimes we want to be able to think back to a point that was memorable for us afterwards. I also mm-hmm. use it, sometimes I'll be sort of sat outside on a summer's evening. I mean, they, these are these are going quite rapidly now, but sit outside, have a glass of wine, and I'll be like, okay, what are the top three things I learned about writing my book? And I will just sit and talk into my phone, forget about it. Next morning, have it transcribed, do a bit of a top and tail, tidy it up, blog post written. Amazing. Awesome. That's such a good tip. And and it works really well. Like as you're saying things, it's transcribing pretty perfectly. Pretty good for me. Pretty good for American accents. My partner's French. Not so good. <laughs> Not so good with the, uh, the the kind of franglaise accent that he's he's got going on. Um, particularly with words like count, not it's not working so well for him. So um, yeah, you definitely need to be um, be careful um, if you've got a very okay. strong regional accent. It's it mm-hmm. struggles a little bit, but in general, um, it's pretty good. And I think you can actually specify um, international dialects, but. I'm not too sure. So that's probably my favorite one. Um, yes. I've also, uh, I took quite a long period of time of taking all social media apps off my phone for a while. And the only one I had, so I took off LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, took my email off, have not put my email back on because I was like, wow. I actually was checking emails when I was with my children and then I'd forget about it. And then I'd go into my inbox and it would be open. So I wouldn't see it as something I needed to urgently respond to. And I wanted to just get mm-hmm. a bit more mindful about when I was doing stuff. So actually mine's a bit more about taking apps off. And the app I put on is Medium. So if I, I'm really trying to not take my Medium. phone to bed at home at night, phone to bed, 
going to bed yeah yeah I mean I'm always at home so I don't know why I'm saying the at home bit but when my (laughs) when I have got my phone in bed I will just try and do my medium hit list rather than scrolling on like insta so obviously when I took those social Mm. apps off it was easier I was like I'm just gonna get my money's worth for that subscription yes I love that I just subscribed to um to that like a few weeks ago and that's great tips medium guys if you don't know medium that's the short um kind of just tips like from finance to lifestyle to everything but they're they're pretty short reads like five to six minutes but it's super insightful and there's so many amazing contributing writers on there well also for me i've been i do a lot of workshops with people on how to elevate their personal brand and quite a few people in my workshops have started writing for Medium and putting their articles forward on the paid for section only. And they've started to be picked up by Medium publications and getting paid as an industry expert. Amazing. And it could be somebody yeah. who's like, you know, a yoga and wellness expert. So I had someone who was like a really serious, um, like AR tech person. And then somebody else who's like a finance person. Um, so it was kind of, to me, I'm sort of just exploring it as a new platform to maybe help the entrepreneurs I work with to reach a different audience. Um, because for me in particular, what I think we've got out of the pandemic and I think what the future of work's going to look like is there's going to be a whole bunch more international relations going on. Um, mm-hmm. you know, you're going to have hundreds more like UK and European people to interview because you've been forced to change the way that you're operating. And I think all of us are going to start hosting more workshops and connecting with people. I was working right. with someone in the UK who was like, oh, I'm based in Manchester and I'm a Manchester business. And I was like, you're not anymore. You're a global business. Like we all are. Yeah. We've all yes. become global businesses overnight. So it's about yeah. tapping into that. Yes. Oh, I love how you said that. Yes, I, I totally agree. So now your your relationship with social media is different, but you're super active on it, but you don't have the apps on your phone. So how do you balance that? Or what do you... So I do have Instagram that? on my phone now because mm-hmm. I started to get... I was crawling up to that 10,000 mark. And although I'm like, the numbers don't count. I was like, I'm so close to that 10,000. I got to get it. Yes. I got to get it. Features I need that swipe up. I need that swipe up. Yes. So, um, so I still got Instagram on my phone, um, but I don't have LinkedIn, Facebook or Twitter. So I try okay. to be... I try to really monitor on it. Um, and on Instagram, I think... When I was aggressively growing my following, I was engaging with a lot more. And and uh, it would be like, I did a post every morning at 6am. And then I'd yeah. maybe spend like the next 30 minutes engaging with people. And then it'd be mm-hmm. replying throughout the day. Now I don't post every day. Some days if I'm feeling super inspired, I'll do four. And then I might not do something for 10 days. And I'm much more right. of a like, create my content, dump it and get off. Like, which mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because now this I'm is- like, you know, I could keep growing it really fast. But actually, I've noticed that the bigger my numbers have got, the less the engagement is. And for me... Mm-hmm. It was totally. a van- it was a hundred percent a vanity metric to get to ten thousand. I've done that. Right. Nothing else is going to get unlocked for me now, apart from my engagement's going to get lower. So I just want to mm-hmm. keep my engagement up and keep my audience up. Um, yeah. I mean, you girls are the marketing experts. So you're going to know that what you know about that but um yes but yes. also I think yeah. it's the illusion. Like people always say to me, like, "You're so busy," and I'm like. 
think it's just because I'm only sharing when I do stuff. So therefore, you do <laughs> right, think I'm right. busy. But I'm not yeah. posting when I'm like in my pyjamas watching Netflix. I mean, I might if it's, I'm watching The Social Dilemma being like, oh, the irony, it's so meta. I'm watching The Social <laughs> Dilemma telling you to get on social. <laughs> I mean, I try to always film in this room. And if I do film in the house, you don't really see my house and I tried to like not have the children in there like when they were babies a bit more because it was like whatever they're just squidges at this point like I'm not going to ruin their identity but um yeah I tried to keep I especially because I work from home and I'm in my garden office at the moment so it's, it's trying to keep a bit of a bit of balance all right guys I want to tell you about my favorite brand I've been using persona nutrition It's a leading science-based personalization nutrition company. They offer 86 super high-quality supplements inside individual biodegradable packages. Perfect to throw in your bag when you're on the go. Convenience is super key these days. So let me explain to you why they're the best. I suffer from a chronic disease like psoriasis and eczema on my skin, and no other personalized vitamin companies have ever asked me these questions. I was impressed. Why? Because they really care. The doctor design assessment test you take includes DNI, which means drug-nutrient interactions. So, for example, if you take birth control, they prescribe you vitamins that won't harm the other daily medications you take. Instead, we'll choose vitamins that will utilize them working together. The free assessment online also asks about your mood, allergies, diabetes, and your lifestyle choices so they can optimize your perfect daily pack of vitamins. So cool. Also, you can speak or text one-on-one with the Persona Nutritionist for any advanced nutrition questions you might have. You want your immunity to thrive during this flu season coming up as well as fighting off COVID-19. It can be as low as 30 bucks a month. Come on, we spend more on that on brunch. But this is our health we're talking about. Honest, transparent, and sustainable. This is why Persona is different and worth checking out. A personalized nutrition company? We all hear about them, but how many are truly tailoring the exact vitamins you need based on your lifestyle? 5 trillion possible combinations, 2,000 plus prescription medications checked for potential drug-nutrient interactions, shipping to over 60 countries? Persona is super legit. I personally loved the questionnaire on their site, which made it easy for them to understand my vegan lifestyle, therefore providing me with an all-vegan daily regimen. I love supporting brands who give back. Persona Nutrition partners with the nonprofit Vitamin Angels to provide two children with vitamin A for an entire year for every order shipped. Persona wants to help end childhood malnutrition, and vitamin A is important for growth and development, for the maintenance of the immune system, and for good vision. They've helped over 700,000 children through this program. So head over to ConsciousKitchenPodcast.com where you can get 50% off your first order with our exclusive listener link. It's right on our homepage. Just scroll down and you'll find it super easily. We're also hosting a giveaway for three winners. So follow us on Instagram, ConsciousKitchenPod to learn more and how to enter. Don't sleep, guys. This is a great chance to try vitamin packs, personalize your specific needs. So go and check it out. Now back to the current episode. So Lucy, you are a big advocate for consuming media as well. You say you just, people ask you, how much do you consume? And you're just like, a lot. And I understand that, you know, it's, I used to work for PETA where we used to jump on every single media opportunity to just get our message out there or reach a new audience. What can you share with our listeners about the importance of that? And just in general, how, how to go about doing it best? 
Yeah. So for me, the most important thing, whether you're a product or a service or your business is yourself, is is you. Like that's the most interesting bit. And that's the bit that people get lost in of like, what is it about them that's interesting? And going back to like, you know, the personal brand and the anxiety about that, people think it's about being really personal and it's not. It's just showing a bit of you. You could show like 5% of you 2,000% of the time, you know, it doesn't have to be that. And if you're not consuming the media, you're not going to know what trends are happening. So I'm very um, conscious in how I consume my media. A lot of pushback is, I don't want to read the news. I don't read the news. It's really depressing. Agreed. But when, um, and if we're referencing Social Dilemma again, and if you've watched that, or if you haven't, when you're only consuming your news online or you're consuming media online, you're you're only being served content from your algorithm, right? So if you're right. left-wing or right-wing, you're only going to be seeing stories from your echo chamber. So you're not getting a fully rounded um, view of the world. Part of the problem mm. with that as well is if you stop paying for independent media, then then mm-hmm. freedom of journalism is going to die. So actually, it's really important as small business owners that we contribute to society and support independent journalism, because otherwise, the only thing we are going to be hearing about is what Russia wants us to know. Mm-hmm. Or, or Mark Zuckerberg, or, right. or Jeff Bezos. Or, or Jeff Bezos. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, like, that's it. So yeah. fundamentally, whatever your niche is as well, there will be a publication tailored to that. So if you're in wellness, if you're in architecture, if you're in toilet design, if you're into gardening, if you're into airplanes, if you're into drains, like whatever it is, there is an mm-hmm. industry publication that's probably worth you reading about, especially because you're all now going to be putting yourselves forward because I've told you that it is important. We want to keep mm-hmm. at the top of our game, right? Like I don't stop learning even now. I go to PR talks on how to pitch to journalists all the time because I want to make okay. sure I'm at the top of my game. And it's going to evolve. Like when I started in my career, I was faxing out press releases and sending out mm-hmm. advertising showreels on VHS tapes. Oh, wow. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I was just at the end of that era, but, right. you know, uh, like DVDs were quite the novelty. You know, now we would just never even send post out a DVD with a printed out press release to a journalist. That seems insane. So, right. you know, you need to keep on top of your industry and what's happening so that you can be speaking with informed expertise and know that you're speaking with informed expertise it's not just your opinion um so how you do this with consciousness is i buy i typically buy the weekend papers and i will buy Mm. left wing or right wing despite my political viewpoints because it is good for me to try and get an idea of like what the other side is actually thinking because otherwise i only hear what my friends think you know Right. right so for one i do think it's good to keep you culturally open for two I typically although I might dip my toe into a few news articles just to get a bit of a litmus test I will typically flick through the news section and I will go to features and lifestyle and I'm reading more the trends pieces so at the beginning of covid it was all we're all buying tin tomatoes we all need recipes with chickpeas and lentils Mm -hmm. because we've all overstocked it was um you know where to go for country walks it was um, what to be watching on TV, you know? Mm-hmm. And now that we are sort of in the UK, at least, the media is starting to be like, what are you doing for lockdown too? And it's got like, these are the mm. TV shows you're watching over winter. Everybody's right. um, buying 
um, you know, because obviously in the US it's so big, you've got different weather at all times, but pretty much mm-hmm. in winter here, it's just grey cold and raining pretty much as standard. So they're all talking about how we're going to have alfresco winters, what blankets we should be buying, what outdoor heaters, <laughs> what patio heaters. You know, like hot yeah. tubs was a major trend. Um, right. DIY wow. was a major trend. So it's yes. looking at all these things of like, okay, we know that a second lockdown is probably going to happen. We're hoping it's not going to be on a national scale, but in the next six months, there's a chance it might. So how can your mm-hmm. business tap into that? And what do you, what can you be ready for and prepared for to talk about? And how is this impacting your life as a mother, as a father, as a carer, as a grandchild, as a sibling? You know, whatever your role in society, you have a viewpoint on what's happening. Um, I was in a piece the other day talking about how much I love working from home because I was saying about how I really do not miss commuting with agro commuters with my head up someone's sweaty armpit on a summer's day. (laughs) For me, I go for a walk for half an hour in the woods and that's how I start off my day. Like that's so Mm. much better for my soul. Um, I also quite like to just sit and work and have nobody talk to me. That's other people thrive on the working environment. So other people were arguing on the other perspective. So whatever your what your viewpoints is or whatever's happening in terms of trends, you can normally sort of tap into that. I saw like right. a photographer, he did a great piece on how growing tomatoes um, is like growing your social media channels. And it showed a photo of his different tomato plants he'd been trying out in mm. lockdown. And I was like, this is a great example. Like you're tapping into a trend. It's not about mm-hmm. what you do as a business, but we're getting a little bit of your ankle with finding out a little bit about you, but it's not too personal. It's enough to make me connect with you and go, so what tomato plants did you pick on that were the best? Right. Yeah. So like get creative with what it what it is that your uh, your your viewpoint is going to be. It doesn't necessarily, like you said, have to be exactly what you do, but it can lead back to that. Amazing. Yeah. So for- sorry, I was just going to say, like, I saw a really random journalist request the other day where she was looking for cat owners who were celebrating the holiday season in a special way with their cat, and what traditions do they have? And I was thinking, oh you know what? Someone out there, I think a lot of people out there are going to have holiday traditions with their cat. I, I want to read about those people. <laughs> <laughs> so true. For us here in the U.S., our upcoming elections is what's really dominating, like, the media. And, you know, everyone is just, like, on hiatus until after the elections. But how can a small business still find a way to, you know, insert themselves without sounding insensitive or just too serious? Or, or talking over people on that? like Trump? <laughs> <laughs> It's yes. all over the news here as well. I realise I nod yeah, a lot in podcasts. Here too in Spain. Because I don't want to talk yes. over you, but I'm like nodding over here. Like we're hearing a lot. Um, oh my goodness. We're, we're, was, re- yeah. we're rooting for you guys. We're rooting for you. Oh um, yes, please. We need all the manifesting that we can get I know. for this. You know, I'm getting after the chills. darkness, the, ha- the light has to come. It has to mm-hmm. come. Hopefully that's soon. Um but yeah, I get it. Again, like thinking about the sections of the paper you're in. So yeah. they're going to be very much in the news. So again, go to the weekends, read the supplements, read about the lifestyle trends and hang out in mm, those. Okay. Hang out. It's basically a bit like, think of it as a massive theme park, right? And that's what a newspaper is mm-hmm. like. You've got some bits that are really loud and aggressive and you're a bit like, do you know what? I just want to go more on a little gentle rocking bow. I don't want to go on this like twirly, whirly roller coaster. Sort of separate mm-hmm. your newspapers like that or just focus on more lifestyle magazines or your industry publications, which are probably in a bit more of okay. a, a safer space. 
Um, but the thing about what is happening with like, so for example, we're all very aware of the debate between Trump and Biden mm. in the last week. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure it's dominating the news over there. There's some particular phrases yes. in particular that have mm-hmm. made the headlines. So I think actually, you know, if you've got, um, you could use that sort of commentary and feed it as a meme or do something quite quirky on your feed and actually mm-hmm. tap into that without it necessarily um, necessarily kind of, you do it in a tongue-in-cheek way. So there's a study, there was a thing over here where um, the rules were that you couldn't drive to see friends and family, right? And a politician over here drove for 60 miles up the M1 because that apparently that was the only way he could get childcare for his for his family. He's called um, Dominic Cummings. Um, and then he apparently visited a local castle, but it wasn't because he was breaking the rules of lockdown. It was because he was testing his eyesight. So all of a sudden there were like eye optician brands over here, like t- doing like Mickey adverts of being like, you know, uh, yes. this is how you know things yes. do with eye testing. You had like alcohol brands with like, sort of um disillusioned like labels kind of saying like oh you know it's okay because we're just doing a, uh, an eye test um there's yes. all kinds of like I saw somebody doing a makeup tutorial where she was doing a complete like mock of the English government being like so you know when I'm doing my eyebrows I'm just going um London to Durham um <laughs> London to Durham on the M1 and it literally it's the, it, the only makeup so video good. I've watched the whole way through and it was just so the whole funny. takedown of the government the whole the whole yes. way um I love I love the UK cheeky, cheeky I love the cheeky uh humor you guys have over there <laughs> yeah, I know, so just so, I think just spin so it good. just spin it you know like spin it into yeah. your own way what we all need in times like this is lightheartedness and humor and To your point, yes, we do need to be sensitive about it. We don't want to mock what's happening in terms of the deaths from the pandemic or people who are out of work. It's Mm -hmm. it's being sensitive, but there Mm -hmm. are times where some of the rules or what the politicians saying are quite ludicrous, and it's I think it's perfectly acceptable to take some of the British humour. Yes, let's adapt some of that that nice dry and blunt humour you guys have (laughs) over there. So Lucy, we have a few minutes left and we got some questions from some of Laura's followers on Instagram. So Laura, you want to hop into some of those questions? Uh, Tatiana asked, um, how do you encourage users or listeners to leave reviews or testimonials? Ask for them. (laughs) You just ask. And I know that that Mm -hmm. sounds um, really basic, but you can find ways. I mean, you girls are probably going to know this more than me. Like you can do incentivizations to get people to do leave, like leaving reviews. Like if you leave a review and you send me a screen grab, I'll give you a ticket to this workshop or mm-hmm. giveaways. Yeah. yeah, I think there's things you can do like that. But I think it's also explaining yes. to your audience. Like when I ask somebody to leave me a review, I will say because I'm a small business owner, I have a small publisher. And when you leave me a review, it helps me exponentially reach a wider audience on Amazon. So hopefully I can sell more copies. And, you know, FYI, I only make about pound thirty a book. So it's not like, mm. you know, I'm making millions here from asking you to write me a review. If it encourages one other person, it's really only a pound in my back pocket. I mean, obviously, hopefully the long tail journey of that is that they then might come on to use my products or services in other ways. Um, but I think when we're independents, people don't think about it. They think to only leave reviews when they have negative experiences. So I quite often go on drives. So when I hit um, 100 five-star reviews for my book, I went round and I tried to do 
five positive reviews every single day for anything I've ever consumed like in the last three years where I I just thought do you know what I'm going to pass some like good review karma out there yeah do your do your your social justice right just pay it forward Yeah, definitely. I think I think that's such a good tip explaining why it is that that review makes a difference because people just see leave a review, leave me this, leave me that, but no one really understands what it really means. Yeah, and there's an algorithm to reviews and and ratings yeah. and subscriptions, right? And again, it's back right. to that emotional side. Like we want to support people. Like if I say generically like leave me a review, you're like, okay. But if I'm like, hey, look, so you know, it's just me. There's nobody else like promoting it. I'm not spending any money on marketing and advertising. Like every review you leave genuinely makes a difference to my life because it helps me to get my message out to a large audience. And all I care Mm -hmm. about is helping more small businesses get out there. So you're going to help this small business owner do that if you leave a review. It's suddenly a much more compelling reason than just leave me a review, right? Right. Right. Yes, definitely. And one other quick question from Tatiana. Is print marketing still worth the time and money? I mean, I would say yes. But um, obviously online has so many more opportunities now and it's evergreen content and it's great for our SEO. So I think um, maybe print is better for like your billboard, you know, like I was in Vogue, I was in New York Times, I was in Washington Post. Like it sounds Mm -hmm. great, but the SEO for online is going to work harder for you. Right. So so maybe that. spend 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 the money for more SEO, more including more of those AdWords into like into your site, those types of things. You think that's a better investment? Yeah. And again, like always go back to your business objectives. Like what do you need to do? Do you need to just raise raise a bit of credibility or are you on a specific drive to convert a sale? Like and then sort of choose your target media based on that. Perfect. Thank you, Lucy. And anything else you would like to leave our listeners? Any tips or tricks or anything that you want to just leave them with a, you know, little something, something. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I think there's so many. I guess, you know what? The tip I'm going to leave is it's always what you don't expect that works the hardest for you. So I was really analyzing what's performed the best for me on Instagram. And one of them was where I mocked myself up as a piece of art for the Getty Museum Challenge. So my partner literally painted my face in flour to make me look really white. And that was like my most engaged post ever. So I give out all these tips. I think I'm giving out all of these gems of advice. I think I feel like all you guys are here because you want me to help you how to promote yourselves. No, you just want me to make myself look like an idiot on my Instagram. Like that's (laughs) and it's like the worst (laughs) image of me. My face is like ridiculous. That. The other thing is um, I was always being DM'd about my printer's details because I sell these packs of PR tips, right? Oh, yes. And um, I put it out there and, uh, like, I think I had, like, nearly 300 saves or something insane for my printer's details. And I was like, really? Again, like, I thought you were here for PR and branding tips, but actually it was my printer's details that you all really wanted. So... What your audience tells you, like I see people all the time ask their audience, like, what do you want to see from me? And it's like, actually, do you know what? Just try and give them a bit of everything because sometimes it's going to be what you least expect that really connects Mm -hmm. with them. So true. Brilliant. Brilliant. All the gems you dropped today was amazing. Thank you, Lucy. Thanks for having me. Yes. You guys, be sure to support Lucy by buying her book, like literally buy her book. It's available everywhere. Apple, Apple, um, 
Google Books. That's where I bought it. And also join on, join in on her online workshop. She drops one like, what, every so often, monthly, weekly? Yeah, I do them monthly at the moment um, and kind of got new syllabus lined up for next year as well. So... Ooh, yeah. What kind of topics will you cover next year, just really quickly? Well, I'm actually doing a business accelerator with a guy called Daniel Priestley. He's actually like Australian, but he's got, um, he has an accelerator called the Key Person of Influence. And I basically, I would say I'm kind of a key person of influence, but I hadn't sorted out my product and offering. So I really needed to tighten my, my services. So I've got about 3,000 ideas approximately. And I'm doing this accelerator to stop procrastinating, get out of procrastination station and actually get some stuff out into the world. So in answer to your question, I don't know yet because I'm working that through right now. But (laughs) I do know that in 2021, it's going to be out there kicking your asses. (laughs) Hell yeah. And and people could stalk you at your Instagram? Yeah, it's Wern Chat because I'm a chatty worm. Um, as you know, she haven't been able to get me to shut up tonight. (laughs) But but yeah, all the chat there and I'm on like Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, um, kind of more just hanging around those ones. I'm more engaged on my Insta. Awesome. And she, and she also has amazing tips on her IG. So be sure to support her, buy her book, Mm -hmm. follow her workshops. And yeah, thank you guys for tuning in today. Thank you, Lucy. Thank you. Thank you, Lucy. (laughs) Don't forget everyone, get out there, register to vote and Follow us and find us on Conscious Kitchen Pod at Instagram as well. Yeah. We love you guys and we appreciate all all you guys do for us.